You are listening to the American Truth Project Podcast. Welcome to this episode of Because You Asked. I'm Barry Nussbaum. Early last week, a number of Sunni Middle Eastern countries, including Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Egypt, and Yemen, cut off all diplomatic and economic ties with the tiny Gulf state of Qatar. Those countries accused the Qataris of funneling money to Islamist groups, including the Muslim Brotherhood and Hamas, and of keeping inappropriately close relations with Iran. President Trump himself was involved, adding fuel to the rivalry by tweeting support for the Saudi coalition, despite Qatar's indispensable role in United States military operations in the region. The planes that bomb ISIS targets daily in Syria take off from the Al-Udaid Air Base in Qatar, which is the forward headquarters of U.S. Central Command. Today on Because You Asked, we will answer the question, why did the Sunni states move against Qatar last week, and will it cause Qatar's behavior to change? Before we look at the incidents that led up to this decision, let's see it in context. Just a few weeks after President Trump convened and led the largest American Arab summit ever, the moderate states have moved as a block against the second leading sponsor of terrorism in the Middle East, Qatar. This is huge, huge news. So why did they do it? Here's the backstory. Since 9-11, the United States-led global effort to disrupt terrorist financing has been constant, although not consistently, applied. Domestic laws and United Nations Security Council resolutions have been passed. Entities and individuals have been subject to national and UN sanctions. And some suspected conduits for terrorist financing, such as remittance companies and charities, have been shut down. But despite all of this, the commitment of some key nations, especially Qatar, has been repeatedly questioned. In 2010, WikiLeaks published 250,000 leaked diplomatic cables, mostly from 03 to 10. These include cables marked secret and confidential from embassies and consulates in the Middle East. Of them, 536 reference both Qatar and Hamas, and 70 relate to Qatar and their terrorism financing. The cables revealed numerous concerns among U.S. allies that Qatar was hosting extremists within their kingdom. During the Bush, Bush presidency, the emir of Qatar claimed he warned U.S. Secretary of State Condi Rice that Hamas would win the elections in Gaza. After Hamas won, the Bush administration asked Qatar to cut off financial assistance to Hamas and its government, which Doha, the Qatar capital, refused. When Hamas was isolated in Gaza, the Palestinian Authority told the Americans in 07 that Qatar was using charities to move funds to the Strip. Some of these organizations may have been the same as those that appear on a list sent from the U.S. Embassy in Israel to Washington in 2008, including the Charitable Qatar Society of Palestine and the Qatar Committee for Relief in Palestine, Front Organizations for Terrorism. Qatar's overall level of counterterrorism cooperation with the United States is considered dead last or the worst in the Middle East. The U.S. cables reference Qatar's connections to Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran, and Syria. 
While Qatar told the U.S. it wanted to play a helpful role in the Israeli-Palestinian peace process and said Hamas supported a two-state solution, Doha has also hosted meetings with Iran's president, Hamas, Islamic Jihad, and other terror groups. Qatar pursued a two-pronged policy. After 2007, it held frequent conversations with Hamas officials such as Khalid Mashal and Mohammed al-Zahar and Ishmael Hanea, while telling the Americans it would welcome a way to smooth over relations with Israel while they were meeting with the terror leaders I just named. Qatar had hosted an Israeli trade office, actually, in in the 1990s through 2009. The dispute that has seen Saudi Arabia and its Gulf allies isolate Qatar stems from allegations that the tiny gas-rich nation is sponsoring extremist groups today that are destabilizing the Middle East. This is not the first time Qatar's neighbors have expressed their displeasure over its individualist foreign policy, supporting terrorism, that is. Diplomatic relations were severed for nine months with them in 2014. In that year, then U.S. Treasury Secretary for Terrorism and Financial Intelligence David Cohen noted, Qatar, a long-term ally of the United States, has for many years openly financed Hamas, a group that continues to undermine regional stability. Press reports at that time indicated that the Qatari tensions have arisen from Qatar's support for the Islamic Muslim Brotherhood and other similar groups, such as the Taliban and other al-Qaeda affiliates. Most of all, its relationship with Iran has most recently led to allegations from Saudi Arabia that the state-funded broadcaster Al Jazeera is supporting the Houthi rebels in Yemen, which are fighting the government forces backed by Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. In other words, they're playing both sides. The de facto embargo just imposed on Qatar has prompted fears about shortages of basic goods, and thus it is Qatar's alleged continual financing and funding of radical ideology and extremism that's the cause of concern this time. Saudi Arabia says Qatar must make promises and carry through in regards to extremist groups. Saudi Arabia, the UAE, Egypt, and Bahrain all severed ties with Qatar, accusing of supporting terrorism. In addition, Qatar's been undermining the Palestinian Authority in Egypt in its support of Hamas and the Muslim Brotherhood and backing hostile media to those countries. The two Arab nations fell into a deep row this week when Saudi Arabia abruptly announced it would cut off all diplomatic and financial ties to its tiny Persian Gulf neighbor. Now, the foreign minister's comments came public just hours after U.S. President Donald Trump waded into the rift among the Arab states and said Tuesday, that would be last Tuesday, his trip to the Middle East was already paying off as governments there took a hard line in accusing Qatar of funding militant groups. And the campaign to isolate Qatar was disrupting trade now in commodities from crude oil to metals and food and deepening fears of a possible shock to world global gas markets where the tiny Gulf state is a major player. What's weird, though, is the Pentagon renewed praise of Qatar last week for hosting U.S. forces and its enduring commitment to regional security. So they reassure Qatar, while Trump via Twitter applauds the decision to isolate Qatar economically and militarily. 
boy, still an American mixed message. Basically, the U.S. has sent contradictory signals for years. Cutter, don't support terrorism, but keep buying our weapons and hosting our major airbase. In addition, a yearning for the United States to be portrayed positively on the Qatar-owned worldwide network Al Jazeera seems to continually influence the United States to not put more pressure on Qatar. So, Qatar will probably collapse economically if they don't give in to the Saudi-led demands. Expect them to comply. The big question now is Iran next. Thanks, Eve in Denmark. Great question. Please keep your cards and letters and questions coming to us through our social media or on Facebook and Twitter. And if we select your question, you get a gift. You can also write to me directly by sending me an email to barry at americantruthproject.org and go to our website where you can sign up to be in our mailing list. You'll never miss an important episode. We're here to answer your urgent questions because you asked. I'm Barry Nussbaum. Thanks for listening to the American Truth Project, a 501c3 nonprofit. Please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on our social media channels to stay plugged in to the truth. Go to americantruthproject.org and subscribe to our newsletter to stay informed on the latest news.